0: Hi, this is the K Ray reads to you podcast, and I am K Ray. Today we have chapters twenty-five and twenty-six of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory by Roald Dahl. Chapter twenty-five: The Great Glass Elevator. I've never seen anything like it," cried Mister Wonka. "The children are disappearing like rabbits, but you mustn't worry about it. They'll all come out in the wash." Mister Wonka looked at the little group that stood beside him in the corridor. There were only two children left now, Mike TV and Charlie Bucket, and there were three grown-ups, Mr. and Mrs. TV and Grandpa Joe. Shall we move on? Mr. Wonka asked. Oh, yes, cried Charlie and Grandpa Joe, both together. My feet are getting tired, said Mike TV. I want to watch television. If you're tired, then we'd better take the elevator, said Mr. Wonka. It's over here. Come on, in we go. "'He skipped across the passage to a pair of double doors. "'The doors slid open. "'The two children and the grown-ups went in. "'Now then,' cried Mr. Wonka, "'which button shall we press first? "'Take your pick.' "'Charlie Bucket stared around him in astonishment. "'This was the craziest elevator he had ever seen. "'There were buttons everywhere.' The walls and even the ceiling were covered all over with rows and rows and rows of small black push-buttons. There must have been a thousand of them on each wall, and another thousand on the ceiling. And now Charlie noticed that every single button had a tiny printed label beside it, telling you which room you would be taken to if you pressed it. "'This isn't just an ordinary up-and-down elevator,' announced Mr. Wonka proudly. "'This elevator can go sideways and longways and slantways, and any other way you can think of. It can visit any single room in the whole factory, no matter where it is. You simply press the button and zing, you're off.' "'Fantastic!' murmured Grandpa Joe. His eyes were shining with excitement as he stared at the rows and rows of buttons. "'The whole elevator is made of thick, clear glass,' Mr. Wonka declared. "'Walls, doors, ceiling, floor—everything is made of glass, so that you can see out.' "'But there's nothing to see,' said Mike TV. "'Choose a button,' said Mr. Wonka. "'The two children may press one button each. "'So take your pick. Hurry up. "'In every room something delicious and wonderful is being made.' Quickly Charlie started reading some of the labels alongside the buttons. THE ROCK CANDY MINE, TEN THOUSAND FEET DEEP, IT SAID ON ONE, COCONUT ICE-SKATING RINKS, IT SAID ON ANOTHER, THEN STRAWBERRY JUICE WATER PISTOLS, TOFFEE APPLE TREES FOR PLANTING OUT IN YOUR GARDEN, ALL SIZES, EXPLODING CANDY FOR YOUR ENEMIES, LUMINOUS LOLLIES FOR EATING IN BED AT NIGHT, MINT JUJUBEES FOR THE BOY NEXT DOOR, THEY'LL GIVE HIM GREEN TEETH FOR A MONTH, "'Cavity-filling caramels, no more dentists. "'Stick jaw for talkative parents. Wriggle sweets that wriggle delightfully in your tummy after swallowing. "'Invisible chocolate bars for eating in class. "'Candy-coated pencils for sucking. "'Fizzy lemonade swimming pools. "'Magic hand fudge, when you hold it in your hand, you taste it in your mouth. "'Rainbow drops, suck them, and you can spit in six different colors.' "'Come on, come on,' cried Mr. Wonka. "'We can't wait all day.' "'Isn't there a television room in all this lot?' asked Mike TV. "'Certainly there's a television room,' Mr. Wonka said. "'That button over there.' He pointed with his finger. Everybody looked. "'Television chocolate,' it said on the tiny label beside the button. "'Whoopee!' shouted Mike TV. "'That's for me.' He stuck out his thumb and pressed the button. Instantly there was a tremendous whizzing noise, the doors clanged shut, and the elevator leaped away as though it had been stung by a wasp, but it leapt sideways, and all the passengers, except Mr. Wonka, who was holding on to a strap from the ceiling, were flung off their feet on to the floor. "'Get up, get up!' cried Mr. Wonka, roaring with laughter." But just as they were staggering to their feet, the elevator changed direction and swerved violently round a corner, and over they went once more. "'Help!' shouted Mrs. T.V. "'Take my hand, madam,' said Mr. Wonka gallantly. "'There you are. Now grab this strap. Everybody grab a strap. The journey's not over yet.' Old Grandpa Joe staggered to his feet and caught hold of a strap. Little Charlie, who couldn't possibly reach as high as that, put his arms around Grandpa Joe's legs and hung on tight. The elevator rushed on at the speed of a rocket. Now it was beginning to climb. It was shooting up and up and up on a steep, slanty course, as if it were climbing a very steep hill. Then suddenly, as though it had come to the top of the hill and gone over a precipice, it dropped like a stone, and Charlie felt his tummy coming right up into his throat, and Grandpa Joe shouted, "'Yippee! Here we go!' And Mrs. T. V. cried out, "'The rope has broken! We're going to crash!' And Mr. Wonka said, Calm yourself, my dear lady!' "'and patted her comfortingly on the arm. "'And then Grandpa Joe looked down at Charlie, "'who was clinging to his legs, and he said, "'Are you all right, Charlie?' "'Charlie shouted, "'I love it! It's like being on a roller coaster.' "'And through the glass walls of the elevator, "'as it rushed along, "'they caught sudden glimpses of strange and wonderful things "'going on in some of the other rooms. "'An enormous spout, "'with brown sticky stuff oozing out of it onto the floor.' A great craggy mountain made entirely of fudge, with Oompa Loompas, all roped together for safety, hacking huge hunks of fudge out of its sides. A machine with white powder spraying out of it like a snowstorm. A lake of hot caramel with steam coming off it. A village of Oompa Loompas with tiny houses and streets, and hundreds of Oompa Loompa children no more than four inches high playing in the streets. And now the elevator began flattening out again, but it seemed to be going faster than ever, and Charlie could hear the scream of the wind outside as it hurtled forward, and it twisted, and it turned, and it went up, and it went down, and— "'I'm going to be sick!' yelled Mrs. T. V., turning green in the face. "'Please don't be sick,' said Mr. Wonka. "'Try and stop me,' said Mrs. T.V. "'Then you'd better take this,' said Mr. Wonka, and he swept his magnificent black top-hat off his head and held it out, upside down, in front of Mrs. T.V.'s mouth. "'Make this awful thing stop,' ordered Mr. T. V. "'Can't do that,' said Mr. Wonka. "'It won't stop till we get there. I only hope no one's using the other elevator at this moment.' "'What other elevator?' screamed Mrs. T. V. "'The one that goes the opposite way on the same track as this one,' said Mr. Wonka." "'Holy mackerel!' cried Mr. T. V. "'You mean we might have a collision?' "'I've always been lucky so far,' said Mr. Wonka. "'Now I am going to be sick,' yelled Mrs. T. V. "'No, no!' said Mr. Wonka. "'Not now. We're nearly there. "'Don't spoil my hat.' The next moment there was a screaming of brakes, and the elevator began to slow down. Then it stopped altogether. "'Some ride!' said Mr. T. V., wiping his great sweaty face with a handkerchief. Never again gasped mrs t v and then the doors of the elevator slid open and mr wonka said just a minute now listen to me i want everybody to be very careful in this room there is dangerous stuff around in here and you must not tamper with it chapter twenty six the television chocolate room The TV family, together with Charlie and Grandpa Joe, stepped out of the elevator into a room so dazzlingly bright and dazzlingly white that they screwed up their eyes in pain and stopped walking. Mr. Wonka handed each of them a pair of dark glasses and said, "'Put these on quick, and don't take them off in here whatever you do. This light could blind you.' As soon as Charlie had his dark glasses on, he was able to look around him in comfort. He saw a long, narrow room.' The room was painted white all over; even the floor was white, and there wasn't a speck of dust anywhere. From the ceiling, huge lamps hung down and bathed the room in a brilliant white, in a brilliant blue-white light. The room was completely bare except at the far ends. At one of these ends, there was an enormous camera on wheels, and a whole army of Oompa-Loompas was clustering around it, oiling its joints and adjusting its knobs and polishing its great glass lens. The Oompa Loompas were all dressed in the most extraordinary way. They were wearing bright red spacesuits, complete with helmets and goggles. At least, they looked like spacesuits, and they were working in complete silence. Watching them, Charlie experienced a queer sense of danger. There was something dangerous about this whole business, and the Oompa Loompas knew it. There was no chattering or singing among them here, and they moved about over the huge black camera, slowly and carefully, in their scarlet spacesuits. At the other end of the room, about fifty paces away from the camera, a single Oompa Loompa, also wearing a spacesuit, was sitting at a black table gazing at the screen of a very large television set. "'Here we go!' cried Mr. Wonka, hopping up and down with excitement. "'This is the testing room for my very latest and greatest invention.' TELEVISION CHOCOLATE "'But what is television chocolate?' asked Mike TV. "'Good heavens, child, stop interrupting me,' said Mr. Wonka. "'It works by television. "'I don't like television myself. "'I suppose it's all right in small doses, "'but children never seem to be able to take it in small doses. "'They want to sit there all day long, staring and staring at the screen.' "'That's me,' said Mike TV. "'Shut up,' said Mr. TV. "'Thank you,' said Mr. Wonka. I shall now tell you how this amazing television set of mine works. But first of all, do you know how ordinary television works? It is very simple. At one end, where the picture is being taken, you have a large movie camera, and you start photographing something. The photographs are then split up into millions of tiny little pieces, which are so small that you can't see them, and all these little pieces are shot out into the sky by electricity." "'In the sky they go whizzing around all over the place "'until suddenly they hit the antenna on the roof of somebody's house. "'Then they go flashing down the wire "'that leads right into the back of the television set, "'and in there they get jiggled and juggled around "'until at last every single one of those millions of tiny pieces "'is fitted back into its right place, "'just like a jigsaw puzzle. "'And presto, the photograph appears on the screen.' "'That isn't exactly how it works,' Mike TV said. "'I am a little deaf in my left ear,' Mr. Wonka said. "'You must forgive me if I don't hear everything you say.' "'I said that isn't exactly how it works,' shouted Mike TV. "'You're a nice boy,' Mr. Wonka said. "'But you talk too much. "'Now then, the very first time I saw ordinary television working, "'I was struck by a tremendous idea.' "'Look here!' I shouted. "'If these people can break up a photograph into millions of pieces, "'and send the pieces whizzing through the air, "'and then put them together again at the other end, "'why can't I do the same thing with a bar of chocolate? "'Why can't I send a real bar of chocolate, "'whizzing through the air in tiny pieces, "'and then put the pieces together at the other end, "'all ready to be eaten?' "'Impossible!' said Mike TV. "'You think so?' cried Mr. Wonka. "'Well, watch this. I shall now send a bar of my very best chocolate from one end of this room to the other, by television. Get ready there. Bring in the chocolate.' Immediately six Oompa Loompas marched forward, carrying on their shoulders the most enormous bar of chocolate Charlie had ever seen. It was about the size of the mattress he slept on at home. "'It has to be big,' Mr. Wonka explained, "'because whenever you send something by television, "'it always comes out much smaller than it was when it went in. "'Even with ordinary television, when you photograph a big man, "'he never comes out on your screen any taller than a pencil, does he? "'Here we go, then. Get ready. "'No, no, stop. Hold everything. "'You there, Mike TV, stand back. "'You're too close to the camera. "'There are dangerous rays coming out of that thing. "'They could break you up into a million tiny pieces in one second. "'That's why the Oompa Loompas are wearing space suits. "'The suits protect them. "'All right, that's better. "'Now then, switch on!' "'One of the Oompa Loompas caught hold of a large switch and pulled it down. "'There was a blinding flash. "'The chocolate's gone!' shouted Grandpa Joe, waving his arms. "'He was quite right. "'The whole enormous bar of chocolate had disappeared completely into thin air.' "'It's on its way!' cried Mr. Wonka. "'It is now rushing through the air above our heads in a million tiny pieces. "'Quick, come over here!' He dashed over to the other end of the room, where the large television set was standing, and the others followed him. "'Watch the screen!' he cried. "'Here it comes. Look!' The screen flickered and lit up. Then suddenly a small bar of chocolate appeared in the middle of the screen. "'Take it!' shouted Mr. Wonka, growing more and more excited. "'How can you take it?' asked Mike TV, laughing. "'It's just a picture on a television screen.' "'Charlie Bucket!' cried Mr. Wonka. "'You take it. Reach out and grab it.' Charlie put out his hand and touched the screen, and suddenly, miraculously, the bar of chocolate came away in his fingers. He was so surprised he nearly dropped it. "'Eat it!' shouted Mr. Wonka. "'Go on and eat it. It'll be delicious. "'It's the same bar. "'It's gotten smaller on the journey, that's all. "'It's absolutely fantastic!' gasped Grandpa Joe. "'It's... it's... it's a miracle!' "'Just imagine!' cried Mr. Wonka. "'When I start using this across the country, "'you'll be sitting at home watching television, "'and suddenly a commercial will flash onto the screen, "'and a voice will say, "'Eat Wonka's chocolates. "'They're the best in the world. "'If you don't believe us, try one for yourself. "'Now! "'And you simply reach out and take one. "'How about that, eh?' Terrific, cried Grandpa Joe. It will change the world. End of chapter 26. See you next time.